Hello everyone, welcome to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and, drum roll please, <laughs> Carolyn Barnett. And Carolyn, I am a bit forgetful, if you haven't figured that out. I haven't really noticed that yet, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm a bit forgetful. So what is your title again? Director of Pastoral Care. I believe. Yes. And who are you that with? Covenized. Covenized. <laughs> Covenants specialized. I guess you can combine that and make covenized. Covenants specialized Christian counseling and pastoral care <laughs> services. <laughs> you didn't even know who you were for. I, I, it's so Coveni- long. The title Covenized. So <laughs> Covenant specialized pastoral care services Christian There's too counseling many words. ministry. I can't, I can't remember my title. Who happens to be the sponsor. Yes. Co-sponsor with Wordhouse Incorporated. And we're located in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, and who knows where uh, this broadcast might be uh, I guess going or who who the audience might be, but I think at this particular moment in time it's pretty regional. So most of our listeners probably will know where Huntington is. Should they want to get a hold of us, maybe toward the end of the program we'll give them a, a, a contact number, a way to get a hold of us, reach us. And should they try that, they'll probably end up reaching you because you are the what? The director. <laughs> of what? Of covenants. Yes. And <laughs> That's what I'm going to shorten it down to. Specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling yes. ministry. But the program is covenants, so you have yes. that right. Uh, we have a fantastic show today. Yes, I'm really excited about it. Yes, and our program is going to center upon kind of a rarity. I, I think it's a bit rare because you really do not know what you're going to get always. Uh, and that we, one day, one day... The great hope would be one day we'll be able to do this program live. That would be awesome. Right? Yeah. We've spoken to them at the station. They've told us that they can't do it yet. Their equipment won't. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe they just need to know what we're going to say before they really turn us loose with a live mic. Make sure we're not crazy. Yes, a live mic. (laughs) But should our listeners have any doubts, by now they should know. Mm-hmm. Even if we're not going live, per se, we record this in that live sort of manner. Right. Because we're not going to edit. So the risky part of a program like today's, and hopefully I've intrigued our listeners enough, they've got some sense that something exciting is about to happen. That's right. I've teased them enough, as they say in the industry, the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a guest. who will be speaking about their personal experience. Yes. Uh, I'm not so foolish as to say with us, although maybe more so with you, but with something that has kind of become a conversation point over the last few weeks, uh, at least the last couple weeks, with Covenants, the broadcast, uh, and that is Celebrate Recovery. Yes. And for those listeners who maybe... Uh, don't know about Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a program that is Christ-centered, right? Christ-based. Mm-hmm. With what intention in mind? It is based off of a 12-step recovery program, specifically AA. When they use the steps that AA uses, they base it off of that, and then formulate some scripture and some um, 
other guidelines that go along with it, but it is it is based off the traditional 12 steps. Yes. So, <laughs> I always get hung up when I have conversations like this about Celebrate Recovery. It is based on that model. But that model, 12 Steps, is based on the Bible. So for me, 12 Steps really got that from the Bible, and right. Celebrate Recovery is, based on the Bible. is a Bible-based. Right. But interestingly enough, even more Bible-based than 12 Steps in that scriptures are used. Yes. And again, it is Christ-centered. Right. Which means... It's focused on the healing and recovery that Christ can offer. And just a note on the 12 steps, I feel like, yes, it's Christ-centered, but there has to be some sort of structure and order to it. So we can, we can read a bunch of scriptures, but I feel like people respond to an order. So it makes sense to base it off the 12 steps to give sort of a uh, this is a direction and the way you're going. So let me go ahead and give this away. Okay. Th th this is this is the best kept secret. Mm. Okay, in the world, but because it's you, because it's our, our listeners and we're not about secrets, right? We right. or if we are, we want to make sure those that we really trust and know and love like our listeners would know the secret. Okay. It's salvation. The 12 steps are really predicate upon the biblical presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And with that, then, the whole Bible as to coming to an awareness of our sin nature, the need for help, going to our higher power, which 12-step lingo, which is God, and then by working those steps, mm -hmm. having an awakening so that as much as something otherwise needs to happen, it begins to happen within the person, and then as much as they have changed, as much as they've worked those steps and they've overcome, then they're able to help other people. That's evangelism. Right. Okay. Step 12. So, yes. So the great secret is 12 steps is really not 12 steps. It's mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Now, it is a secular, I guess, translation mm -hmm. of the Bible, and the folks that put it together... The, the 12-step program were from a fairly prominent, recognized denomination. I'm not going to call or name it, uh, call it out, uh, because I don't want to necessarily, because we're non-denominational. Right. You know how that works. But but the idea, though, is, is they base that upon the Bible. Mm -hmm. So 12 steps may have hijacked that. Because I'm not sure it's even close to what it was when they actually put it together. But the one thing they don't talk about at 12 Steps is the one thing it's all about. And that's Jesus. So why would you not talk about Jesus at 12 Steps? And I'm not saying that you're going to get kicked out if you talk about Jesus. But it's not part of their programming. It's not part of their literature. It's not part of the 12 Steps. But with Celebrate Recovery... It is, because yes. it is. We went, I went online. Yes. You and I had this discussion prior to the broadcast. I went online, and I looked it up, and what does it say? Christ-centered. Yes. Yes. So it is Jesus-centered. And then, And then, as much as, again, it said it was Christ-centered, you were so polite, and you had this part right, that it was to treat not only addictions, <clears throat> but... 
habits, hurts, and hang-ups. I probably said that out of order. Hang-ups, habits, and hurts, I think is how they list it. But as our guest said, everybody in our church could attend this meeting because there is problems that people face that we need help in. And Christ offers that help. So how does that sound in comparison to what we know Scripture and what we know the, the basis of our healing? Well, he is, he is our helper. He is the healer. Yes. So when we come to something like that, yeah, we might read the you know verses, the steps that they've modeled, but ultimately I think you hit the nail on the head, and I really like that how you summed it up. It is salvation. So in Him is our recovery. Yes. And that's that's where it has to be, and, or it's and, not going to work. Right. And if we overcome and if we recover, it's going to be in Him, mm-hmm. Jesus, right, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because God has given through Christ Jesus, through His coming, through what He has done for us, He's left His comforter. The paraclete, the helper. helper. I should say paraclete first, more than comforter, but Jesus calls him the comforter. But it's a paraclete, which is our assistant, our help and our aid. Now, you might be an assistant. Are you an assistant? Not yet. (laughs) Am I after this broadcast? (laughs) Well, you do a lot of paraclete work for me. I mean, you help us out. That's why you have that really great title. What is it again? Director. Yes. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) But I know for a fact that you do not limit that paraclete work to just covenants. You extend that to many, many, many individuals. Not only in your work through covenants, but you've got a family. You have a church community you belong to. You, You know more people than I've ever met in my entire lifetime. I mean, you know them. I, I, I could not recall them, but you, and I'm being over the top a little bit with that, but you do know, you do know a lot of people. And you know that, thank you for saying that, because that just sort of goes along with confirmation of what God's been telling me the past couple months, is that I always knew I loved people, but he wants me to work with people in that facet and it's just so interesting to me to see this play out and you know my dad never met a stranger but uh, my mom told me she raised me to be able to talk to a prince or a pauper and meaning that I can hold a conversation with the president of the company and then go out in the hallway and see the janitor and talk to him too and I think that's important everybody's important and celebrate recovery, everybody's welcome. Everybody's important. That's true. And Jesus didn't invite certain people to the table. Everybody's invited. So I want to always maintain that mentality and never, ever feel like somebody's not good enough for the table because Jesus died so that everybody could come to the table. Yes. And and so in that sort of way, I think... Maybe no one else, I don't think I'm alone on this, I think Celebrate Recovery is a better model 
than 12 steps. Does 12 steps help people who don't know Jesus or up to this point have yet to really make their final decision about Jesus? Of course. It's like the Old Testament. The Old Testament certainly helps. But until you know Jesus... It's almost like 12 steps is just like working the Old Testament. <laughs> Old Testament. And though it is it's rules, it's sanctification in many ways. Mm-hmm. It, it covers you in many ways. It's like, again, parents cover their kids. But in the same sort of dimension, though, it can't save you. Why? Because it only can lead you to Jesus, like a good parent can lead a child to adulthood. But until the child embraces and accepts the responsibilities... <laughs> And has the confidence themselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To go ahead and take that on and know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is that power within them. And what power? Right. Holy Spirit power, which Jesus highlights and brings to our awareness through his death, burial, and resurrection. We see not only him overcome, but we understand what overcoming is. It's not in the flesh, which is 12 steps, Old Testament. It is in the spirit. And with that, then we have grace and mercy. We have uh, God's love to cover us, even if we make mistakes. But we are transformed, really, in the mind. But it brings forth out of the heart, the soul, the true divine nature that God has called us all to. We just don't all accept it as we don't all accept Jesus and therein can't operate in it. So you can certainly be covered by 12 steps and you can work them, right, to the place where you can actually be sober, right? If we're going to use right. the example of an alcoholic, I'll, I'll do that. But if you just do that, you can still be a dry drunk. Do you know what a dry drunk is? <laughs> An alcoholic that doesn't drink? Yes, that's it. They've still got all those problems. Mm -hmm. They still have all those hang-ups. They still don't know how to really forgive themselves. They've worked Mm -hmm. the steps, Mm -hmm. but they haven't allowed the work that Christ does because they don't know Jesus in that way. The heart change. Heart change. So that they Mm -hmm. then otherwise can walk in the full authority. Grace. Yes. Yes. But it's more than just telling somebody... They have to experience it. Yes, and that's why we have a guest. And we're going to take a moment, break, to remind our listeners that they're listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. But our guest, do you know his name? (laughs) Josh Wilkerson. Thank you, because I had forgotten the first thing. He hopefully, I took a, a break there, pause there. This is as much then a hopeful thought as it would then also be a prayer. He hopefully will be able to enlighten in a way that you and I can't, especially within the context of Celebrate Recovery, a personal testimony. Now, why can't we? Why can we not do it quite like he hopefully will be able to do that? Well... From what I know of your background, I don't think you or I have the same experiences that he's had. And he has lived through it. He has an amazing testimony. And then he became clean and sober and found Jesus and has had so much success with Celebrate Recovery 
he is now leading a group. And I feel like that we can learn from him. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. But I myself have not found myself to the point of desperation. Might be the right word. But Josh was in a pretty bad place. Now, I have found myself pretty bad. We can... <laughs> you're doing a great job. Well, I, I don't like levels of sin. Yes. I don't like that. Yes. There are no levels of there sin. There are no levels of so sin. So I don't want to All say, oh, he was in, you know, he did short. these bad things, and because I didn't do those bad things, I'm not, I didn't sin. No. I don't want our listeners to ever get that idea yes. from me. Yes. So I've had struggles, and I've been desperate in other ways. I have not been to the point of where Josh was shooting up with needles and to the point that he was desperate. So, that being said, I feel like he may have a different perspective on how he got clean and sober and how he came to celebrate recovery. And certainly, you and I being perfect as we are, we've never... Yes. <laughs> I want to adjust my halo right now. Yeah, and, and I always say that because it is—it's difficult to think of it always in the way that you finally the conclusion you came to. I'm glad you did that, though. We're honest and sincere enough because I think our listeners need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Because even though you and I do this for a living, neither you or I think we're perfect. Right. But sometimes it is difficult to understand. What you said about all sin and falling short of the glory of God. And though Josh will certainly resonate with those who shoot up, and that is different. I've never shot up. I've never mainlined. Neither have I. I've never done that. But (laughs) what I have done takes nothing away from the depravity that otherwise Jesus Christ has saved me from. Exactly. So I can testify to that in my personal perspective. Right. Josh is going to testify in his personal perspective. But sometimes when you're on the side of helping, it's a little hard to communicate to the people who you're helping that you're just as real as they are. Because even though you tell them they still have a very difficult time wrapping their head around it because it's sort of like thinking about God, right? How could he give me grace and mercy? How could he give me forgiveness? Unbelievable. Yes, unbelievable because he is so perfect Mm -hmm. and God is perfect, unlike us. Right. But in the same sort of way, he sent his son Jesus so that we might know that in more human terms. But even people have problems with Jesus because they think, well, Jesus is perfect. And either they compete with him to try to be equal to Jesus. Right. Or in some ways they don't have nothing to do with him because he, in looking at it that way, you can't. Yes, there's, but that's the whole message is you don't have to be perfect in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Actually, the only reason we have a Savior is because none of us are. But the same saving power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, goes into all the work we do, whether we work with folks who have substance abuse, chemical dependency problems, because 
Celebrate Recovery is not just for addictions, it's for... Habits, hang-ups, and hurts. <laughs> who does Yay, it? I did it. And who doesn't have those? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So we, we do humble ourselves yeah. when we think of uh, Josh and what he's been through. And, and I would not want to take any honor away from his testimony or his victory in overcoming. But I am so glad, if our listeners could see me now, I'm raising my hand as with personal testimony that Jesus has brought me through. Amen. M- yes. My rock bottoms. Mm-hmm. Not one. <laughs> multiple. Yeah. multiple. I, sometimes I thought I could go the lower. <laughs> yeah, I'm Peter. Yeah. Before the cock crows. Uh-huh. Right. I thought I could go no lower. And God will point out to me, ah, you probably shouldn't think that way. What you should probably think is, yeah. I could be lifted up no greater than I could in Jesus Christ. But if I eliminate him, you know who gets all the pressure? You. I do. Yeah. And you know what confounds 12 steps? I am not perfect. I am going to fail. So it's a narrow gate that you have to go through. You have to see it through Jesus. You have to see it within that context. And I'm not sure I did a really good job of explaining that. But you have to see it that way. Or you are going to the the salvation, the the rock of our salvation, will be the, the, the stone that crushes you. Right. And that's biblical too. Because Jesus doesn't, with his coming, wasn't sent to judge us or condemn us. But if you're thinking of it that way, you're already judging yourself with the help of the devil and condemning yourself to white-knuckle it, which is basically <laughs> grab a hold and hold on for dear life. But right? There is now, therefore, no condemnation. Yes. Finish it for those who are... In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. But that's why, being the responsible person that I am, no lying, no cheating, no stealing. I mean, I try to live by that credo. I want to tell our listeners, maybe it's not a secret, maybe it's the great deception. It's not of yourself, but of Christ in you. And I'm sure as Josh shares his testimony, that will come out loud and clear. We're in a position to help, but we're not perfect. Right. But people sometimes can't see us because they feel the same way about everybody. That somehow they have the shame, the guilt. They're not only hiding from God, but they're hiding from each other. But it should they have lost that when it comes to other people, then they really don't care. They're just out there doing whatever they want, trying to write it off. But, you know, deep down inside. Denial. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit's always convicting. And if you are in your conviction, the good news in that is that God's not giving up on you. Right. And you've not hardened your heart goodness. so much that you can't receive the help. And I think that is also something I want to make sure our listeners hear as we try to present Josh or try to kind of put a context to his testimony. Uh, I have no doubts of what he's going to say. I don't know anything about what he's going to say. I've never personally met him. Is is an acquaintance of yours. But I have no doubt that he's going to give God the glory and Jesus particularly, and he's going to speak to and testify to the Holy Spirit. He'll talk about Celebrate Recovery. He'll talk about 12 steps. But the one thing I know is that he knows where his salvation has come from. Right. And with that, then the Holy Spirit convicted him at his lowest point and pointed out the fact uh, you're not turning it over to me. You're not laying down your life. You're still mm-hmm. fighting with me. 
you're still pushing against the goats. You're still the Apostle Paul, Saul, I guess at that point, uh, going out to go ahead and conquer the world (laughs) with your paradigm. I want to take it one step further. So you said, what did you just say? Make that choice, that one step, basically, to turn towards him. But my understanding and my thinking, you know, Paul goes on and talks about dying daily. So we make this choice to accept, and we go there, and we say, okay, God, and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in. And then we go back to our lives, and then there they are. There's the problems right there in our face again. So I feel like that we are addressing that situation. Not that we're getting resaved or asking Jesus into our heart again every day. I don't mean that. But that we go through a process of surrender on a daily basis. Would you say that that's, that is like an ongoing process? Well, well, for me, they call that the compass. So when you're in the woods, which I don't want to sound like I'm one of those persons that spend a whole lot of time in the woods, <laughs> but I, I have spent time over the course of my life in the woods. It's easy to get turned around yes, if you're it is. genuinely in the woods. It is. Wilderness. Can't see the forest for the trees. Right. So we have a compass. The compass tells us due north. And at least if we have any idea remotely of what the lay of the land is, once you find due north, you can usually navigate your way to some place, hopefully closest place, right. to find civilization, right? So you don't perish in the wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the Old Testament is there to set that standard. Mm-hmm. To let us know basically what we are and what we are without Jesus. It also tells us, though, in a material dimension, what we're supposed to work on, much like 12 Steps does, much like Celebrate Recovery does. But it would not work to the same extent or degree that it does as with the Holy Spirit within us. Because we still have to get the compass out, have to identify due north, we kind of know the lay of the land, so we can kind of move. But with the Holy Spirit, with that compass in you, and when you really don't have to think so much about it even, because you have that relationship, you keep right. that strong on a daily basis, mm-hmm. what you discover is is that it's not half the work that it seems to be when you're still looking for that outside of you. And the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, that's why God chose to put him inside of us. Because it's not contingent on anything that's going on around us or outside of us. Because no matter where we are, what's going on, even if I can't see the sky, even if I don't have the ability to see the forest for the trees, even if I don't know where in the world, let's say I've been abducted by aliens, as in outer space, (laughs) I know where I am. Because I know where God is. And He's alive within me. And He can order my steps and direct me Mm -hmm. in such supernatural dimensions because I am bound by the natural. Hence, for me to really understand where I need to go and what I need to do, for the help, the encouragement that really is going to get me through it, for the inspiration, I need the Holy Spirit. And I do believe that's a fallacy with a lot of the 12-step models. It is a book, 
It is a person, it is a sponsor, it is oneself, it is work. And though the Old Testament has a dimension of that, and I think you need to apply that daily, that, that paradigm, it doesn't save you. What saves you is recognizing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And what that book, as in the Old Testament, represents was divinely inspired by the same Holy Spirit that's alive within you. Yes, sometimes you have to calibrate that. Yes, sometimes you have to recall that or maybe you need to do that every day to make sure you know where you are. Keep your, yourself in the Word. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, the rest of it is God's to do. And He promises He's going to do it. I feel like the visual of us following, which I feel like I'm a Christ follower, you know, um, I've almost stopped saying Christian so I follow Christ, and then that's my inner compass. I was thinking when you were talking, our inner compass. So I'm following, and every once in a while, there's a little split off the trail that goes off to the side. And it looks kind of interesting because you look down and you think, I wonder what's down there. But Jesus is going straight ahead. But sometimes we're tempted to look over to this other trail and think, well, maybe there's a shortcut or maybe there's something cool down there. Maybe I need to go check that out. Maybe somebody needs help. Ooh. So I feel like I use that visual a lot. Am I following or am I looking off to the side or am I on that side trail? Sometimes I've went down that side trail and then regretted it. And of course, when I realize that, I look back and there is Jesus with his hand out saying, come on, let's get back on the trail. And the same conviction power that led you to Jesus in the first place, that inspired our conscious awareness of our sin nature as with the Old Testament, uh, that told us where we were falling short, not for the sake of condemnation, but for the sake of cor correction, feedback, is the same stuff, the same Holy Spirit, he uses that in that same way. It's the same mechanism that he uses to keep us on the, on the trail, the right path, right. the path of righteousness. But the notion of it would be, though, what's wrong with feedback? You know, if you know over here is something I need to stay away from, how do you know? Because I had trouble with it before, right? That is not where I want to go. And you still go there. I, God doesn't give up on you. You make it a little harder, more difficult, because you've already chosen to disobey him, right? And something obviously he's taught you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, you take the feedback. And what's feedback? Well, it's the results of the choice. So if you're going down a path, God is not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you in the wilderness to die, perish. What he's going to do is he's going to say, ah, you need to be listening. Is this getting you what you want? And he did create us to be empirical. We should seek Him out, we should study, we should understand, we should find Him, not only in scriptural context, but in day-to-day -day walk. But when you do that and it becomes a regular part, practice empiricism. <laughs> Forgive me, I can't resist the cliche. Follow the science. The Word of God is the basis for all science. It is empiricism. It is. Literally. Yes. And, and the, the devil, Satan, um, the demons of this world, all those that otherwise are like really in the weeds, oh, they don't want to admit that. 
right? Because right. of those things that maybe we said earlier. They're in denial. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But God equipped you and he gave you more than just that in a material sense, in a brain sort of way, reasoning, logic, all that, all those operational systems that comprise the human brain, the psychology of it, learning, all that. But he gave you his Holy Spirit right. to compensate for what you can't see. Exactly. Either in sensorium, sensory sort of perspective or, or, or sensory sort of realm, or as with the perspective itself. You can't see the big picture because you're too small. But you're not so small that you're insignificant, but you're only as small as you don't let, allow the Holy Spirit to give you all of that so that you might know even when you can't see it all because of your humanity. God says, I'm not going to forsake you. I've given you all that you need to not only overcome, but to be happy, to be joyful. John 10, 10 to come to give us life, not just life, but, but life, life more abundant. abundant. Yes. I just looked up that scripture, I think it's in 2 Kings, about the servant that looked out and saw all the soldiers and said, we're surrounded. <laughs> it's over. You know, we're, we're going to die, basically. How many times have we done that? And then I think, was it Elisha? I can't remember. I think it was Elisha said, Lord, show him. Open his eyes that he can see. And I love that because that guy's just—he's a representation of us. We look around and we don't—we don't—we only see what we see, and that's okay. But God shows us there's a lot more to this story that you don't know about what's going on. So we're going to go back to Josh, right? Because though he hit bottom as he hit bottom, Mm -hmm. he pushed it to the extent or limits. Mm-hmm. of what otherwise, probably even to some extent, his physical body might have been able to tolerate. Yeah. I don't think God would have willed that or wanted that for him. But mm-hmm. if that's what it took for him to say, wait a minute, I'm not doing this the right way. Because unless you get to that point where you're really willing to say that and really then in response as a result of being able to be that honest with yourself... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to change directions or allow the Holy Spirit to give me a new direction in my life. Not to just kind of cut a corner, not to just escape the pain of it, but genuinely so you realize you are complicit in the devil's killing you. Kill, steal, and destroy. You're starting to step on my toes a little bit. But until you hit that place, (laughs) and regardless of what it is, we all have to come to that. You don't come to Jesus. And then once you've come to Jesus, if you should forget that, God doesn't put you back in a compromised situation. His plan is to prosper you. Right. To give you an expected end. But if you're going to, again, take these side roads, these exits that otherwise are heading in directions you know at some level you probably shouldn't be going or you grieve the Holy Spirit you're kind of in some ways blaspheming the Holy Ghost in the sense that you're really not listening to Him like you should be you're hardening your heart a bit what you're going to do is you're going to end up at the same place it may not be exactly the same way but you'll end up at the same place you'll come to a realization you cannot save yourself or anyone else but Jesus can. Yes, and I was faced with that smack dab in my face today when I was forced to make a choice. 
And it's hard. It's difficult to look at that and know that the Holy Spirit is there to help you and then to want to turn to something else. And so I can admit that. I can admit that. It's conviction. It is. The more you talk, the more convicted I was getting. And so I have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help me with that. And that's, you know, in some areas of my life, I'm still growing in that. So I'm giving away a lot of secrets today, right? Because I'm telling all my secrets. Well, I know, but that's but that's the whole that's point, the right? Beauty that's of it. why people listen to us. Exactly. If we offer anything, it's that we are not going to either consciously practice denial or pretense. We're perfect. We're got everything together. You come see us. We're going to help you get everything together, and we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to lie to you. But I don't do anything when I do Christian counseling. It's the Holy Spirit. Right. I just exactly. pay attention. Yep. Now, I do think God opens my eyes, or maybe because I am willing to let Him lead me. Exactly. My eyes are more open. Mm-hmm. But I just give people what they give me. And generally, generally speaking, genuinely, generally speaking, what they give me is the answer. Mm-hmm. They just can't see it. Exactly. Why? Because they're not looking at it empirically. They're in denial. They're not willing to, with conviction, admit they've got to make that decision to turn it all over to God through Christ Jesus. To Sometimes allow we don't want to. Because <laughs> why? Because we're egotistical. We're prideful. Well, because it means changes. It means something's going to have to change. It means... We are not in control. That's the point. Yes. Yes, good and job. That is a <laughs> that's a biggie for me and for many people, I would assume. But, you know, that's exactly what I said, though, in the testimony of the secret. The testimony about why it works, why people are to get something different, should they come see somebody like me or you that believes that way or in that paradigm, is that I know I don't have an answer. I've got general answers. We are answers. not the answers. Yes, we're not the answer. Right. I've got general answers. I've got education. I've got knowledge. Some sometimes compliment me with wisdom, but I always try to turn it over to the Holy Spirit or God in that way because I do believe that's where wisdom comes from. Yes. But my wisdom is <laughs> I'm not the answer. Right. But you, can't be. but you sometimes need to come to Elihu to get into the presence of God. Sometimes joke. Sometimes you have to go to somebody who says, okay, like we're doing right now. I don't know if our listeners understand. What we're doing right now is we're preparing them to receive the testimony of one who is going to then testify unto, in a very real sort of way, what the Holy Spirit has done for them. But if he can do it for Josh, and see, we could have said that. I could have said, Carolyn, has he done it for you? And you said, of course. And you can look at me and, David, has he done it for you? And I said, of course. They may not take our testimony quite the same way they will, Josh. Why? Because we're in that position of kind of promoting this and maybe we're manipulating and the devil really is the angel of light looking to whom he can deceive and trick. The prince of the air. Yes. But I need our listeners to know if I could communicate that in any way, shape, or form, I live by a credo. Do you remember what it was? Don't lie, don't don't cheat, cheat, and don't steal. And I'm not. You come see me, they come see you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to somehow cheat you. And I'm not going to steal from you. Because all those things, maybe not quite biblical or King James, but all of those things are really what the devil does. And the people that otherwise follow after the devil in that way, the more humanistic, 
That's their centerpiece of their life. Mm-hmm. The secular, absent Christ, the Holy Spirit, those that are unsaved, those that are lost. In order for them to get by, they have to steal from you. Mm. You, Carolyn, me, David, and all of our listeners. Now, will we let them get away with that? Yes, because we're generous. Because we have all that that God's given us. Because we want to share the good news. But in the end, that isn't going to save them. I mean, I could even cover them, right, with all of that. Because God is good. And he, and he blesses us in such ways that is beyond our, again, unbelievably so, beyond our comprehension. But if you don't have that inside yourself, then without somebody doing that for you, you're not going to survive. And one day God's going to say, well, why didn't you do it for yourself? Why didn't you help other people? Why didn't you give what I have given you? And unfortunately, what's your answer going to be? Well, I decided not to accept Jesus. Hmm. Sad. Those Sad. people choose it every day, but it doesn't make it any better. But hopefully when they see us, that's my goal. I heard someone say that one time, and it just really spoke to me. But um, she was talking about <laughs> if she got cut, she wanted to believe Jesus. And I thought, what does that even mean? But the older I've got, the more I've seen that, yeah, I don't want to be your answer. I can't be your answer. Only Jesus can be your answer. And so I want them to see him instead of me. Make much of you, I think is a Stephen Curtis Chapman line. But we can be, though, ambassadors of Christ. Absolutely. We have been given a ministry of reconciliation. We are salt and light. Right. And as much then a disciple in that way that we all have had an opportunity to speak directly to Jesus as with the Holy Spirit. You know, we're, we're all in that apostleship sort of way, in, too. Would you say in the Bible, so in this world, but not of this world? Yes, the apostle So Paul. we're still here, in it, around people, but we're not necessarily of it. And, and we can help folks in that way. But we do that all through, again, the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and our confidence. Because that is the confidence in which we stand. Which makes us overcomers That's by the right. word of our testimony. That's right. And see, all of those great Bible verses, right? <laughs> you remember them because they're now, they're in there. Yeah. But now you can have a pra- practical sort of application. I was going to say pragmatic, but a pragmatic, practical mm-hmm. sort of application of that. Which is, again, as a segue, what our guest is going to do today, I hope, is to be able to share that in such a manner and way that uh, our listeners will be able to see the practical application Absolutely. of that in his life. So, we're going to stop for the moment, take a break, and remind our listeners once again, they're listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. All right, we are back. You know, I'm really excited, Carolyn. I know, I am too. <laughs> I don't know that I've been this excited since last Christmas. But <laughs> oh last my. Christmas wow. last Christmas was a little bit of a disappointment uh, as far as oh, so. yeah, the COVID thing. The whole, oh, uh, boy. Whatever. I had to bring that up tonight. Yeah, thanks. So we are, finally, we are finally at that moment, though, in our broadcast where we're Yay. going to bring our f- special guest in. Mm-hmm. And uh, little does he know we've talked all kinds of trash about him. I know. I just can't help myself. Before he got here. But we're going to turn it over to Josh. And Josh, I just want you to feel welcome to the program. 
uh, but I want you to feel comfortable taking this in any direction that you want to take it in. Just say whatever the Lord's put on your heart, what Jesus has put on your heart to say, and uh, we will follow you, and then we will bring it home. How's that sound? Absolutely. So you may want to tell, again, your listener or listener, just to set up a little bit about yourself. <laughs> uh, Josh Wilkerson. I'm originally from West Virginia. Um, was addicted at an early age. Got addicted to drugs and alcohol and, um, you know, lost my father and, 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 and moved around a lot, switched schools and, and just turned to alcohol and drugs for, for an out. And, and then eventually, uh, on down the road, found the Lord in my life. Uh, somebody, had, you know, I was raised in church, but never uh, really committed my life to the Lord. And um, was always in and out, just back and forth from alcohol to church, from alcohol to church. Um, finally made a commitment to the Lord and, <clears throat> excuse me, stayed, stayed in church for about eight to nine years. Um, but really was just basically kind of what you say a rule keeper. Um, just anything basically to check the box. I mean, I tried to live by the rules instead of have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, so that lasted, like I said, about eight, about eight, eight nine years. And, and then that ran out, you know, because you can only keep the rules so long. Uh, you know, and then the devil... Climb right on your back and start pulling you back to the where's you out to the alcohol and drugs absolutely so so um, you know I blamed it on a lot of different things blamed it on a lot of different people but um, just chose to go back into the world and start living in the world and did that for about I don't know five six years and really just got out there man um, on the drugs and and just tried them every different way that you could. Um, I got a really, really bad back, bad background with um, a, a bad criminal background because of drugs. Um, nothing like out of, out of this world crazy, but just drugs, selling drugs, DUIs, you know, stuff that just that continued. I would go down roads like that, and then when I would come to the end, I would you know look to the Lord, but. Um, this last time, the Bible says that when 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 a man commits his ways to the Lord, basically, and he turns his back, then seven demons mm -hmm. come in, mm -hmm. and, and and he's worse off then than he was when he first started. That's right. And that's kind of where I was is like um, you know got trapped in in sexual addiction and different things like that, you know, um, pornography and um, and then just. One day, man, I was just sitting there and it was just like, I don't want this no more. But I knew I had to get out of my situation. I knew I had to get out of my, what they say in rehab or, or, or um, recovery, people, places, and things. I had to change my people, places, and things, um, my surroundings. So I basically just asked my mom, I was like, hey, listen, can you call my uncle? He's a pastor and see if he'll let me come and stay with him. You know, it was just really basically a silent prayer in my head, like, please, God, help me get out of here. Um, I want to I want to live for you. And he said yes, you know, um, which was amazing to allow somebody to come into your house that was actively in addiction. 
and never not knowing what kind of state they was going to be and what they was going to do was they going to steal off of you was they you know what was what was they going to do so um it was all god god set it up in his heart to do that he took me in i stayed for about two weeks me and my wife of today was um, boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Of course, she didn't, you know, really want want to marry a, a guy like me in the state I was in. So, so um, you know, I told her, I said, "Listen, if you will, if you will have me back, I will love you like I've never loved you before ever. I will give you all of me." And uh, I've rededicated my life to the Lord, and and this time I really meant it. There was a difference. I could feel. I could feel the difference. You know, I really wanted God and uh, found Tri-State Worship Center, man, and fell in love with God and and uh, just started a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it was just from there, the pastor was like, hey, let's get you plugged into a ministry. What would you like to do? And I'm like, hey, I don't know because <laughs> I just don't know. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I looked over the sheet and it was like um, all these ministries that was open. And one of them was, was on there was recovery. Um, recovery ministry or something it said I, I don't know how it said it exactly but right. but I was like hey man I'd be interested in, in doing some stuff with this recovery thing I mean I got a, a pretty pretty lengthy background in this area and I know what God has brought me th- from I know God has healed me um, we can talk about celebrate recovery and I know that this is kind of what this is maybe about while I'm here but it's about you uh, yeah well you know it's about God it's about, and, yeah it's about and, Jesus and, and, yeah. and, and he is the reason yeah. You know, Celebrate Recovery um, is just kind of a, I don't even know the right words, format. You know, it's just a a place to keep it godly, Christ-centered, because it still takes the Lord to do them things. Without God in my life today, I would probably turn back, no doubt, to the old ways. So, um, you know, the pastor was like, hey, let's do it. And he's like, we used to do Celebrate Recovery. Uh, what do you think about doing that? And I said, I really don't know. I've never done any of this. I'm just, um, you know, I'm just here to, to say I'm going to do whatever God wants wants to use me to do. So I started going to a couple meetings um, at a different place, trying to see what they done and get a feel for it. And I told them when I came, I was like, hey, we're trying to start a, a ministry at our church. Um, I'd like to set in on some of yours to try to get a feel. Well, it was right in the middle of COVID. So, you know, we was doing the best we could. Excuse me. And uh, so we finally started up, and we're just winging it, man. <laughs> well, the, the winging it part, if I might translate, if it's permissible, uh, for me, that's being led of the Spirit. Absolutely. And, and I know the Holy Spirit does, and, and I appreciate what you've said at this point in this sense as well, uh, pertaining to the Holy Spirit, that He orders your steps. And, and as much as Caroline and I sort of discussed in the earlier part of the program before uh, we've got a chance to talk with you here, as we are now, uh, that really is the difference between recovery and not. It's redemption. Yeah. And, and it takes that relationship with God in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the value and the benefit of 12 Steps, uh, and there's a lot of folks out there who really don't know Jesus or who are not operating out of that empowerment of the Holy Spirit that do help people. And I yeah. believe God's benevolent and, he, and it's His grace and mercy uh, allows us to do that or receive things in that generic sort of way. But 
there's nothing quite having somebody who's alive yeah. or has Jesus in them that's been brought back to life Absolutely. in Christ Jesus to have that type of vital sort of testimony because people need to know if they don't have that alive within them, they're probably, they can get better, but they're probably not going to be fully saved and fully redeemed. Yeah. Um, living testimony. That's yes. what comes to my mind, right? Uh, I, I tell people all the time, I just want everybody to feel the peace that I feel. Mm. I, I mean, it's just a peace. I, I, you can't, the Bible says you can't explain it. It's, it says it surpasses all understanding. And I understand, I understand that it does surpass all understanding because I can't explain it to you or anybody else. Other believers can feel that and know where you're coming from. But when you look at people and just like, man, I, I'm in perfect peace right now because I'm in Christ. If I abide in Christ, He is peace. You know, if, if we're fidgeting around and we're not happy here and we're not happy there and with our job, with our living situation, with whatever it may be, our marriage, whatever it is, if we're if our life is not complete in Christ, that, that's the number one reason uh, that we could not be happy in all these other areas. So Celebrate Recovery, um, when, when we started it at the at the church, you know, I didn't know how many people we would have or whatever. Um, we was just going off of what people signed up and, and uh, just get started. And, and we wanted everybody to show up and just tell their story and be a part of it. You know, it's not um, it's not like one person running the show. It's it's just we're there to lean on each other and, and lean on the Lord and get better. So, um, I mean, we, we just do what we can. Can, you know, and, and do what the Lord wants us to do. Hopefully we just stay in His will. And He changes hearts, you mm -hmm. know. So uh, I just kind of mediate so, that. Yes, well, and a, yes. And that's kind of also where Carol and I were at too before before this segment uh, when we were setting this up, uh, the interview with you, was that we're vessels. We're, we're not the ones that do the saving. Yeah. God works through us, and the Holy Spirit is, is the reason that that happens that way. Could, could I ask you then, if, if you might, could you tell, imagine, somebody's listening right now that, that has really, <laughs> you put it very well earlier on, tried, went to church, followed the rules, did what they thought was what they were told to do was right, thought was right, but always end up, ends up being even maybe worse, like the seven spirits, the demons come back. Can you tell them what really it's like to have that transformation? Can it happen for them? Really is what I'm trying to capture. Awesome. Yes, um, most definitely. You know, when you're when you're when you're in that place in life, you you don't think it can. You, you don't feel like it can. Uh, it feels like it's unreachable because we're trying to we're trying to do it ourselves. Uh, you always hear turn it over to the Lord, but what does that really mean? How do you really do that? Uh, you know, so so during COVID, um, everybody's life slowed down. Everybody had to take a second, and different people done different things with that second that they took. Uh, I, I believe in my heart, from a believer standpoint, that God wanted everybody to look towards Him. Um, because he said, if my people who are called by my mm -hmm. name, well, that verse, everybody throws that verse out there. And, and you know, when Solomon was, was done with the temple, that's what he was doing. He yeah. went and prayed about it. And he and he was like, Lord, I want you to this to be your temple. And, and God said, OK, you know, I'm going to make this my temple. 
Um, but when my people turn their back on me, when they fail me, when they do these things, my people, he said, and I send plagues among them, mm-hmm. if they will humble themselves, return to me, then I will heal their hear their prayer and heal their land. So um, I think, you know, as, as that time, that second that we had, I think God wanted us to look back to him and, and, and take that moment to grow closer to him. So um, to, to, to answer your question, I think that it comes by prayer and fasting. I think it comes by uh, praise and worship. And, and when you hear praise and worship, I don't mean like um, going to Sunday service and singing in, in, you know, in the choir or when the praise song comes around. I mean living your life fully and completely dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. And and if you wake up in the morning, you wake up in, with the thought on your head, head, how can I serve you today, Lord? How can I be of use to you today? Um, and it, it just came from me wanting to do everything for him instead of him, wanting him to do everything for me. <laughs> you know, my, my, my wants changed. Uh, I didn't want no longer, what can you give me, God? What can I give you? That, that's what I wanted. I wanted to please you. I heard a, um, a, a pastor say one time, and he was up in age, and, and he lived his whole life preaching and was a pastor, and I thought he was a fine man. Um, but he, he said, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I'm ashamed to die. And I never knew what he meant by that, and I never asked him. But one time I was sitting around, and I thought, if I died right now and had to face face Jesus, mm-hmm. what would he say to me? Mm-hmm. Would, would I be the well-done, good and faithful servant, well-done? Right. Uh, or, or would I be like that one that's like, you spent most of your time um, counterfeit. You was trying to act like you wanted to yeah. do things for me, but everything was for you. And, and I thought, I understand what that pastor was saying now when he said, I'm ashamed to die. Because he was ashamed to stand before the before Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because he, he, he kind of felt like maybe he wasted a lot of his own time. So I deal with that on a daily basis now. And it's like, uh, how to, once I came into that relationship, I want to give all of my time to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to do that sometimes. You know, so what do you do? You do everything you do unto the Lord. And that's where that verse comes in your life. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you're if you're mowing grass, you mow grass to the Lord, yep. to the glory of God. So, you know, from that's how I got from a part of how I got from relationship, from, from rule keeping to relationship. And it was just kind of just dedicating my, my life to God. It wasn't just getting up. I got to read the Bible today because I got to read it. And I know it's right. And I know God's going to be happy with me if I do it. And I got to pray because I know God wants me to do it. And I got to definitely got to be at church on Sunday because you can't miss church. Mm. You know, all them things changed. It was like, I'm happy to go to church. Yeah. I'm happy to be among other believers. I'm happy to hear the name of, of Jesus lifted up. I'm happy to hear people praise and, and preach and hear the word of God. So it's word turned living word, and you got to fall in love with Jesus. Absolutely. I mean, God gives us that capability, even in a material dimension, to fall in love. You were talking about your girlfriend then, now your wife, and how happy you were, joyful you were that she agreed to stay with you and to remain in the relationship with you. Uh, but it's the same thing with Jesus. I mean, when you begin to really understand that grace and the mercy part of it, and that His intention is not to destroy you, not to condemn you, but to really save you, yeah. and you start to give your heart in that same way to Him and serve Him, then you also become that same thing for people around you. 
and it sounds like that is, as much as the testimony would would be, what you have found yeah. is that you are a lively stone, yeah. that you're a living epistle, and out of your bellies flowing rivers of living water. So if folks would want to find out about that, of course they could come to Tri-State Worship Center. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh... Should they ask for you? <laughs> You want to give them your personal phone number? I mean, it's on the it's on the board. If they was to come there, it'd be right there. You know, yeah, uh, no, I know. But I would give my personal number if it was if it was uh, something to do with somebody struggling about recovery in any form, whether that would be pornography, uh, sex addiction, alcohol, drugs. Uh, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on about all the the, the vices of sin that that was in my life. But um, yeah, but no. So I've come to try state worship. Center. We, the, our, our, one of our mottos is uh, help the hurting, embrace the saint, and incur, uh, see help. Help the hurting. Embrace all people. Embrace all people. Encourage, encourage the saints. Yeah. So um, you know, we 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 welcome everybody. Um, that don't mean we accept. I mean, that don't mean we agree with everything. Yeah. But we love all yeah, people. You have an we open we love people. Yes. And um, we, we we you know welcome to come to our celebrate recovery. Six o'clock on Mondays, every Monday at six o'clock, uh, 901 Solid Road, um, South Point, Ohio, 45680. And you're welcome to definitely come to our service and, 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 and be a part of that. Well, you didn't give your personal phone number, but you certainly gave your personal testimony. <laughs> and, and again, I, that's what people need to hear. Carolyn and I said that at the beginning, uh, again, of the program today, was that we can offer that, but sometimes people don't look at us quite the same way as they might look at somebody in your position, although we confess. Yeah. You know, we're far from perfect. We've had our own rock bottoms, yeah. and we're all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. But I think your testimony, as much as, again, the intention would be to share the Word of God, God, the living word, that, that presence of the Holy Spirit in you, and, and to represent that as with the love of Christ Jesus, you've certainly communicated that well. So we're going to take a break. I want to thank you, Josh, so much for your testimony and allowing yourself to come on our program and share that with our listeners. But I want to take a break, and I want to remind our listeners that they are listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. You want to say something, Carolyn, before we stop? I'm so excited that Josh is here today, and I feel like it's really going to help a lot of people, and there's going to be some lives possibly changed. Oh, I know that, for a fact. And and may may not be just entirely, I'm sure, that even as a rego- re- result of the broadcast, but there's lives being changed already. Absolutely, yeah. All right, we're going to, again, take that break. We'll be right back. So, Carolyn... We're back. I needed a moment. We're to, back. I needed a moment to compose myself. Yes, we but, had a great guest. Yes, that was a pretty powerful testimony, was yes. it not? Yes, absolutely. So you know, as we set it up, right? Intro, mm-hmm. introduction. Did the intro, and as we kind of pro- tried to build some context to what Josh was going to say, and as I confess, even in the introduction, that I had no idea of what he was going to say. I do think it it is incredible, though, how God will bless us, how the Holy Spirit will bring to fruition a complete and perfect sort of presentation. Because basically, we could not have scripted that any better to compliment what you and I had said at the beginning. And I don't say that to compliment you and I. I say that because, again, the emphasis is it's upon the Holy Spirit. 
and the God thing. Yes, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And the interesting thing that I have discovered about that is, is that it works. He works better when I have no idea what, what it is I'm doing. I looked over at you a couple, you know, once or twice, because what he was saying was just what we were talking about in the intro, and I was thinking, did you catch that? Because the Holy Spirit just had this lined up. So, you know, for me, as much as an individual might come see us, right, or might go to see Josh at Tri-State Worship Center, or Celebrate Recovery Group there, or whatever facet of ministry that they might offer or they offer there that they might take advantage of. I want to ask you a question. Do you think it's too much to think or consider that the Holy Spirit has already prepared a place for them? And of course, we're non-denominational, we're not affiliated with the church, and, and as the broadcasts continue, our listeners, as they become familiar, more familiar with our content, they're going to discover that. We're going to have guests. That, that's what we want. We want to have right. guests from multiple, uh, not only churches, but ministries. Some of them might be more professional. The one common denominator is they're all going to be Christian. But this idea, though, that God has prepared a place for them wherever it is that the Holy Spirit would be leading them, He's already put an answer, or within the context of that situation, there's already an answer there. I would say yes, and what comes to mind when you were talking about he's already prepared that, he's not bound by time, so I really find comfort and also am just amazed at how he has already experienced that that we have not got to yet. So he's not only prepared that for the people and us, but he has actually seen the other side of it. So, definitely, he, he has... He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning, but he also knows where people need to be and when. Mm-hmm. And I just believe he... You know, I don't believe in coincidence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God's sovereign, and he has things laid out the way he needs. But I definitely feel like that people are prepared, and Josh is a perfect example of that. His life prepared him for Celebrate Recovery to lead this group. How could he lead that group if he didn't have that life? So uh, God puts people in the places, I think, where they need to be. Well, he, Josh, I think, did uh, an awesome job in just overall, but specifically acknowledging the praise and the worship. Yes. Because that really is the attitude. Now, in more secular context or within 12 steps, they say attitude of gratitude, right? (laughs) But it is the same idea, but it isn't luck. That's really what I want to make sure that is clear to our listeners. There is nothing about salvation that is luck. There is nothing about salvation that is random. There is nothing about God that does not have an intention in mind. Now, can we somehow influence that? Yes, minimally so, mostly to our disadvantage by not being obedient. But even then, the moment in our disobedience, God is already, as you said, even before we get there, He already has begun the correction. And, and maybe it's for us, right? I think it's always intention for anyone that would be open to receiving 
uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Uh, when one person gets better, there's in it opportunity for everyone to get better. It's just the way God works. It's to everyone's advantage. But some will resist and some will reject and some won't abide. And whether that's preordained or whether that's just, you know, again, along the line, it's kind of, it gets a little dicey when you get right. way out there on that because God's thoughts are so much higher mm-hmm. than ours. I can't comprehend it. But I want our listeners to know it's no chance they're listening to the program today. Exactly. Yes, there's no doubt that who needs to hear this is listening. And we hope that you know that, that there's no uh, random chance that you just stumbled upon this channel. I could relay hundreds of stories that I've known of, of missionaries that, you know, tuned in just at that moment and, and lives were changed, lives were saved. And there's been some pretty miraculous things that I've read. But... You can't tell me that that was just chance or luck. So I know that you're here for a reason, our listener. I'm so grateful that you are here. But more than that, God has a plan. When you were speaking, I was thinking, Jesus, you mentioned Jesus. He was in the beginning. Yes. In the beginning was the Word. Yeah, but think about that. I mean, He was already there before... Before we see God sending him. Mm -hmm. So God knows the need that we have before we even know what it is. And so I'm just so thankful not only for Josh, for his testimony, but that God sees us not only where we are, but where we will be, what we need, when we don't even know what we need. And I think that is the relevance of it uh, in a practical we said that earlier, practical, pragmatic sort of dimension. Mm-hmm. The relevance of it is is that it was Josh. It is unique to him. Mm-hmm. It is specific to him. But the message is for us all. And if anyone would doubt that, that could be for them. All they have to realize is it will be if they would receive it. Right. But if they choose to dismiss it or allow the devil to plant the seeds of doubt... Well, maybe for Josh, not for me. Or that's another one of those testimonies. I know really what those folks are like. You know, they'll say all of this. Or wonder what he had that I didn't have. Or et cetera, et cetera. But when they begin to do that, they begin to deny the power of the Holy Spirit. As in context to what you're saying, the answer is already there. But... They also then are denying themselves the receipt of that in that same sort of moment. When they deny that this has all been part of God's plan, they're denying what they need to really overcome. And accept. Yes. And to receive. Accept and receive. Right. So that they may have a testimony like that. But it doesn't end. You pointed that out also in our introduction today, uh, earlier conversation before Josh, the interview with Josh, that this is all a matter of uh, that openness, the discussion of this, the talking about all this, the realizing of all of this, that that is all something that God has prepared for us if we can just receive it or, again, walk in it. Mm-hmm. But that many people don't want to think of it in this con- in that way. They they don't think it's for them. They're they're somehow in denial. They're dismissive. Uh, they find ways to not. They're they're doubting their disbelief 
overrides what otherwise is really the very thing that helps them overcome. And that is to recognize it's not of them, but it's Christ in them. Mm-hmm. That's the human part of us. And the devil is not helpful in that he presents a buffet of reasons. All we have to do is look and see all the many reasons why that we wouldn't believe it was for us or that we could have that testimony or that could be us one day. And that's his job. You know, he's the what father of lie, father of it, liar mm-hmm. and the father of it. So when we buy into that idea that we're not good enough or it's not for us or we just will never change or you know those are just lies and you know whether you want to push it away knowingly you're in denial I don't need that or if you are doing it unknowingly thinking I'm not worth it either way Jesus is there to offer the same hope whether you're pushing him away or whether you just don't even see him that's the beauty of it. Well, and, and you do. You have to put yourself in that situation, not only opening yourself up to the admission of what it is, whether you've created it entirely or as with the help of the devil, he's brought it out of you in that bad way or that negative sort of way or the people around you, whatever. It is what it is. But in the same sort of a way, you have to be able to also then accept that even though (laughs) he said it, it's his job, it's part of experience though. It's the empiricism we talked about at at the beginning of today's broadcast. We have to test things. I I would like it that we wouldn't, right? Have to. Mm -hmm. I'd like it that we could all be as children and remain in that innocence Mm -hmm. to believe everything we're told. But because the devil has already, Prince of the Power of the Air, corrupted or created distortions that we pass amongst ourselves out of our human nature, and then some are just out of evil. Mm -hmm. Him, inspired of the devil, the father of lies. They, They really are lying to you. But but that idea, though, is that we need to test it. Thomas needed to put his fingers into Mm -hmm. the side, into the the holes, the nail holes in Jesus' hands. He had to, and even 1 John, we had to taste it, we had to touch it, we had to experience it. And that's not curse. It's curse if you don't learn. It's curse if you're in denial. If it's, it's curse if you call God a liar. First John chapter 1, I guess, is where I'm going with all of this. But if you're willing and open and really serious about being available to really know what life is about, God does not withhold anything from you. Right. He wants you to know Him. Mm-hmm. He wants the Holy Spirit to convict you in a good way mm-hmm. so that you might hear Him calling. Right. He wants you to be open and receptive, again, acceptant of the change. And I think Josh, or the potential for change, mm-hmm. redemption, overcoming. But I think that was the thing, resounding aspect to Josh's testimony was, it seems like it was sort of almost random out of nowhere, like COVID. <laughs> Can I say, say yeah. that? I hated it when the world shut down. Oh, I know. But for those who were interested, it was in that where all the distractions were eliminated, where you were stuck, so to speak, mm-hmm. that God could get Josh's attention. And I think to some extent he got my attention 
so that I started to listen again. Mm-hmm. Or it eliminated the potential for these other things to become not only distractions, mm-hmm. but an avoidance. It's noise. It's background noise. And even it might be our family, I hate to say it, but sometimes they're not always bad things. But we give, we turn the volume up on that. And God is still over here speaking Hey, wait a second. I got something important to tell you. You need to turn that down a second. And we, well, you know, this is this sounds important. I better listen to this. Yeah, I can I, hold on, God. I'll, I'll listen to you in just a second. And so I, I feel like that noise, at least sometimes for me, that background noise can overtake, or I allow it to overtake uh, what God is trying to say and do. So I'm hoping that if there's anybody listening today that otherwise could hear what we're saying, that they're not only listening to me and you, and and certainly it's kind of hard to separate the human personality from the Holy Spirit, but I hope that they've caught on, that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to them. And should they maybe have missed that in you and I, I hope that they listen to Josh. Right. As he brought that testimony forward. Mm-hmm. And should they still need a bit more of encouragement? <laughs> really, that's what we're doing right now. Right. Listen. He doesn't scream at us. It is that, I always get this backwards, still small. Still There's, small voice. Yes. But it's alive. He is right. alive. The voice is alive within us. But you have to be willing to get past your own self-deception, your own self-lies. You can't control the world, but the good news is you don't have to. Right. If you try to, it's what we said at the beginning, too. It's going to wear you out, and Josh pointed that out, too. Mm-hmm. All you really have to do, though, is recognize when He speaks and He convicts the Holy Spirit, listen. You and when folks come to see you, you and I, that's basically what we're going to tell them. And we're going to listen, and we're going to listen for the Holy Spirit to see what He says about it. You mentioned the North Star in the beginning in our yeah. intro, and I love that because there is a new song out. I hope it's okay if I talk about this uh, by Bill Wickham. It's called It's Always Been You, and that's one of the lines in the song. Is it you're my North Star? And he just talks about how he's always been there, even when we didn't really realize it. He's always been calling. The Holy Spirit's always been, you know, trying to get our attention and through various ways. But I, I love that line. Uh, it's a fantastic song. Phil Wickham, it's always been you, but he is our North Star. And I, I just thought about that. When you mentioned it earlier, it just really resonates with me. So does someone have to go to Celebrate Recovery? No. Does somebody have to go to church? No. Do you have to read the Bible? I want to say no, but I also want to say yes. But should you not? Should you just be completely ignorant? Right? Don't know anything. Lack of knowledge at this particular moment or time. The Holy Spirit, though, is convicting from within. And as much as, again, that is between you and God, there is certainly sufficient sufficiency in His ministering to you. Yes. But all these other things help. Right. Surround yourself with people who love the Lord. Seek godly counsel. 
recognize that you can be, as Josh said too, you can be a contributor. You out of your belly, I made that that reference yes. to that scripture, out of your belly, it starts to come from within you. And when you do love somebody else, fall in love with Jesus, you love God, you want to do for them. Yes, maybe sometimes there's a bit of loyalty that comes in. Maybe there's a bit of obligation and commitment that comes in, particularly on days when you don't feel like it, right? Or right. you're a bit in your own stuff. Right. Or you're hurting, something's been disappointing. But when you really understand unconditional love in that way, mm -hmm. everybody gets taken care of. But rather than taking it, stealing it, trying to con somebody into taking care of it for you, you start to do it, they do it, and we're all covered. It's, right. it's the way God's love covers us all. Mm -hmm. Yes. It almost, it almost makes, this is a really simple illustration, but, <clears throat> you know, there's a group that they contribute, everyone contributes money every month, and it's for medical expenses. So when one person has a need, they just draw from the pot and then that person's taken care of. Everybody puts in and then when there's a need, that person is covered. I always thought that was so interesting concept because God deposits in us and then when when there's a need, then he, we have the privilege to allow that deposit to flow from us to somebody else. And then we're all covered. Mm -hmm. And it's just beautiful. Well, and I've always heard that, too. You can't outgive God. Mm -hmm. and, and I know a lot of that goes back to, in a lot of people's minds, if they're church folk, or if they've been in church uh, at, at, throughout their life any amount of time, that they're always then thinking, well, they're just wanting me to give. Mm. And yes, sometimes it is that, and sometimes the motives maybe aren't as pure. But but the idea though is is that when you realize you can't outgive God, you're also going to realize you're never going to be far from what you need, because not only is that God inside of you, the Holy Spirit in you, but He, as we've been testifying to, pointing out, witnessing to, sharing with our listeners. He's already prepared a place for you. He's already created a world that you can live and operate in, not only spiritually, as an internal, eternal dimensions, but right. in a material sort of way, that's going to meet all your needs mm -hmm. according to His riches and glory. But right. God does not withhold things again from us. He does not want us to be in any position of, of deficit, or if we were, it would be out of the righteous sacrifice, out of a will to help other people. But I, I also agree with David. He never forsakes the righteous. Right. And I, that brings to mind that verse where it says, if your son asks for a, asks for a fish, who's going to give him a snake? Yeah, a serpent. Yeah. A serpent. And so, you know, that, that thought that he's prepared for us, you know, he's not going to be caught off guard if we come to him and say, this is how I'm feeling. I don't think God's going to sit back and be like, what? I didn't know that. You know, he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. So before we ever, even before we realize where we're at, he knows where we're at. So should our listeners appreciate what we're saying? And uh, more than that, maybe they enjoy some of what we're saying. I hope so. 
I would want them to feel quite comfortable, more than welcome to come back and <laughs> join us again on our next broadcast. Absolutely. But I'd also want them to know that should they seek any counsel or help, if they want to look us up, and we're, we're not quite there yet, but we'll be here in a few moments, we're going to provide them at least a means of accessing us should they want to do that or communicate with us for a lot of reasons. Uh, by the way, too, that's the best way to get good content for our program is tell us what you want to hear. You can reach out to us and tell us what you want to hear. But in the meantime, I think that probably what we could share with our listeners is, and maybe you can tell them better than I, what the rundown is for our next program. <laughs> you look startled. Well... Our next program is still... Terry? Yes, is still with Tri-State Worship Center. Yes. Terry Wagner will yes. be here, pastor of Tri-State Worship Center. And he will be sharing with us a ministry and things that's going on there, but what's on his heart that God has laid on his heart to speak about. And it's the connecting point, though, is that, that we've already spoken a bit about that with Terry, and he'd like to share a little bit more about the content of Celebrate yes. Recovery. Yes. And, and with that, then, uh, also how that interfaces with this church, mm -hmm. but how he then connects with the community at large. Because, though, again, we're speaking to these couple of broadcasts have been about Tri-State Worship Center, that's not our church. And right. that's, that's not what we're to promote. That's not right. what we're trying to do. And as our listeners become, again, familiar, they're going to realize that our programs are going to be much broader. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking to... Varied. A, yes, mm -hmm. a lot of different guests uh, that are going to come in and talk about a lot of different things. But we thought it would be good to be able to then sort of backfill a bit mm -hmm. with some content about uh, Celebrate Recovery, which, as our listeners might catch us next week, on the next week's broadcast, uh, they're going to discover that Celebrate Recovery is non-denominational. Right. It's not affiliated with the church. Uh, it happens more often at churches. Uh, because it does have that element of Jesus, but it's a far-reaching and very broad program uh, yes. that individuals uh, all over you know, the world, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. yes, are participating in. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be exciting to hear from him. I feel like he's going to give some more uh, background and maybe even share some of his testimony about uh, how you know that sort of transformation from addiction in his life. I don't know. We'll have to wait. You have to tune in and see. There's the teaser for our next broadcast. So I want to remind again our listeners to listen to Covenants. Uh, I'm Dr. Michael David Clay. With me, Carolyn Barnett. Uh, we are sponsored or co-sponsored by the Word House Incorporated as well as Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. Uh, and if they can't tell our listeners, that's our primary focus is ministry. Uh, and with that, reaching out to and helping those who otherwise might need that specialized service to Christian counseling. Uh, but should you want to communicate with us for whatever reason, you can call us and I'll let you give the number. Give us a call at 304-528-9220. And they could email you, us, at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. And they also could then find us 
on the web. Yes, we are online at Covenants, Covenants with an S, online.com. And with that, too, they can find our Facebook page. Absolutely. We're on Facebook under Covenants with our blue symbol. You can find us that way. And we post lots of different things, and we'll be posting our podcast and hopefully some different things in the future, too. Well, we hope to maybe be able to do a bit of a YouTube thing at some point in the future. Uh, But with that, too, as well, I I want to encourage our listeners to also share ideas. We really would appreciate ideas for the broadcast. Now, you and I are going to come up with whatever the Holy Spirit would lead us. But that's really the beauty of this, too. It's interactive. The Holy Spirit is moving in the body, and they are part of that. And so if they would have a special petition, request, as far as, can we talk about this, you and I, or can we bring on a guest about that, whatever the resource, I really want to be able to be responsive to that. But the only way that that happens would be if they would take that time and uh, reach out to us. So I think we're finished for today's broadcast. It's been a good show. It has. But I would like to thank our special guest, Josh Wilkerson. I want to thank you, Carolyn, for being here. I want to thank our listeners for being here. And I want to invite everyone back to our next broadcast of Covenants.